Sherry Lynn Phelps. I'm the agronomy manager with Saskatchewan Pulse Growers, and I'm thrilled today to have Jessica Weber, who's a general manager with the Western Applied Research Corporation at Scott. She's here today with me, and we are going to talk about maximizing pea and lentil yields and the things that you need to consider going forward into 2020. Jessica, as we're talking about this, I guess, what are some of the things that growers should be thinking about right now in planning for 2020? That's a great question, and um, there's really no one single answer, but in my opinion, I think the real big thing that you're going to want to start focusing on is your seeding rates, and and the big part of that is understanding what your seed size does to your seeding rates. Um, The second factor you're going to really want to start focusing on is your crop rotations, making sure you're not cutting out, um, you know, that three-year rotation that's so important. So let's talk a little bit more about seeding rates. What are some factors or some things that growers need to consider when they're they're thinking and thinking about and calculating their seeding rates? So the biggest factor you're really going to want to hone in on when you're calculating your seeding rates is your seed size. And this is really important in lentils because there are different sizes. There's your green lentils, there's your red lentils, there's your really small red lentils. And all of those sizes are going to really influence your seeding rates. The other factor you're going to want to consider is your seed quality. Is there a lot of disease? Do I need to consider that in our germination rates, in your vigor? So there's a couple of factors you're going to want to consider when you're calculating your rates. Where can a grower find information on the thousand kernel weights or the seed size and and disease levels with, with their seed? So the most common place you can find your seed size is obviously in the seed guide that is available every year. Uh, That'll tell you what your variety is, what your size is, what it's resistant to. The other place that you can start looking for information is just going to your labs and they can give you a fairly good idea of what the seed quality is for your seed once you get it tested. So once you have all that um, and and you're calculating your seeding rate, what would be your, your target seeding rates for lentils and peas? So when you're looking at the seeding rate for lentils, the current recommendation right now is around 130 seeds per meter squared. But the new research that we've been looking at, as well as Dr. Steve Shirtliff, has been indicating that we need to look around that 190 seeds per meter squared. And then in terms of peas, we're looking at that closer to 85 plants per meter squared. So you mentioned higher seeding rates and more recent results with with lentils and moving to higher seeding rates. What are some of the benefits with going to those higher seeding rates? So one of the largest benefits that we're seeing with our increased seeding rates is a increased canopy closure. So this allows the plants to not only access more sunlight, but also improves our competition with our weeds. So there's kind of a twofold factor there. So you mentioned weed control and how it helps to be make the, the lentils more competitive. Um, weed control tends to be a big issue in, in pulses. What are some of the, the latest recommendations or new work that's being done on in the area of weed control. Maybe let's start with lentils. So that's a great question. And there's been quite a bit of research being done lately in weed control and lentils. And one of the primary factors that we're looking at is herbicide layering. A lot of this research has been coming from Dr. Christian Willenberg at the University of Saskatchewan. And the concept is to use multiple modes of action to control a large spectrum of weeds. So we're not relying on one group to control our weeds. Um, And a large factor of this is also putting it down prior to seeding. So utilizing those group 14s and group 15s to control our broadleaves and our grassy weeds. The other factor that we've really been looking at, and this is in our lentil input study that we've recently been working on, is including um, our residual herbicides such as Focus with higher seeding rates. And what we're seeing is a, a great interaction between those higher seeding rates combining it with a residual herbicide to give us that extra weed control. 
So what you're saying, um, just kind of paraphrasing what you said, is is that by combining sort of agronomic practices in terms of your herbicide layering, as well as seeding rates, growers can achieve higher yields. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great way to say it. Um, multiple avenues to control your weeds, seeding rates, herbicides. That's the best technique to really get that control. So are there other, you talked about herbicides, so is there other methods of weed control that growers can consider? Absolutely. So when you're talking about weed control, you want to consider cultural weed control as well. And this can range from weed clipping, weed wiping, integral cultivation, rotary hoe. And we have been doing a lot of this work with Dr. Steve Shirtliff. And we're also utilizing that at our research farm, as well as at Swift Current, to try and see how we can implement weed wiping and clipping in kosher. So that's great. So it's reducing our reliance on just plain old herbicides and incorporating other practices to to maximize control of some of those tough to control weeds. So let's switch gears here. We talked about seeding rates and we talked about weed control. What about fertility? As guys are getting ready to go into the field in 2020, what should they be considering on the fertility side with pulses? That's a great question. Yeah, fertility is really important when you're talking about pulse production. So one of the research trials that we've been really focusing in on is how we can influence protein in our field peas with increasing rates of fertilizer, including nitrogen, phosphorus, and sulfur. The other factor that we started really looking at is using fertility to manage our disease. So we're finding higher rates of nutrients availability is corresponding to slightly higher yields. The other thing that I would really hit home for for producers is making sure you're managing your your fertility levels based on the removal rates in your field. So in terms of removal rates, what would you say you need to keep in mind as a producer? What would you say that those rates are? Well, I know the removal rates that we have on hand and based on work that um, the Fertilizer Institute has done, for peas, the removal rate's about 0.7 pounds of phosphorus for every bushel of grain that you're going to produce. So a 50-bushel pea crop would actually remove about 35 pounds of phosphorus. So that's kind of the rate that you would target if you're targeting a 50-bushel pea crop. Lentils, it's a it's 0.6 pounds of phosphorus for every bushel of grain. So a a 30 bushel lentil crop would remove about 18 pounds of phosphorus. So that's how you can use sort of removal rates to look at calculating your fertilizer rates. That's really interesting. And when you're talking about target rates, you had mentioned earlier that maybe we should be reconsidering what our target rates for our yields are. Do you want to touch on that a little bit for our peas and lentils? So, you know, our target rates for yields, it's totally what the grower is comfortable with and, and based on their risk on their farm. I know some of the strategy with Saskatchewan Pulse Growers is trying to increase the yields of peas and lentils by 2025. And some of the strategies around that include looking at your fertility program, um, using other agronomic practices, including varieties as well. So there's a number of factors that can come into play with looking at higher higher and higher yields. So you mentioned protein uh, when we were talking about fertility. Are you seeing any responses in the protein levels to the fertility application? So some of the research that we've been doing is focusing on our proteins. However, what we've really been seeing so far is mostly just a yield response. Maybe not necessarily the proteins that we're trying to find. I think that's something that we're gonna have to dig into a little deeper and maybe fine tune our fertility regimes that we're using in our trial. 
So Jessica, I understand you're also doing some research looking at managing root rots in peas. Would you like to explain a bit more about that project and what your results are coming out of that? Absolutely. So in our trial that we're looking at, um, we're really focusing on the effects of trifluralin. So that is a pre-seed herbicide that you can use. And what we're finding is that it inhibits the spore production. And so it delays the amount of infection that occurs in our plants. We're also looking at the effects of seed treatment. So there's uh, one available in the market that's actually targeted for phanomyces. The other factor is foliar nutrients. Um, And really what we're trying to find is, is there a combination of those different treatments and factors that we should be isolating? to try and improve our pea production. So the general idea that we're finding is if you can delay the amount of infection, then you're going to have a more successful pea crop. When we talk about disease in field peas, one of the main questions we get is crop rotation. Would you mind touching on that a bit? Not at all, because rotation is about the only thing that we can really do to manage root rots in peas. And the recommendation right now is moving to a six and eight year rotation between pea crops. And and there is definitely growers that are seeing the benefit of moving to those long-term rotations. It's it's very frustrating and it's it um, results in a bit more management needed in terms of planning rotations, but it is definitely one way to try and mitigate the risks with the root rots. That concludes our podcast for today. I want to thank Jessica Weber from the Western Applied Research Corporation for being our guest. If you want more information on pea and lentil agronomy, varieties, and more, visit the Saskatchewan Pulse Growers website at saskpulse.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at saskpulse.